Hi, I'm Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels and welcome to my podcast. Today is December 13th, 2022, and this is Q&A 122. This uh, podcast has been made mainly for my Facebook virtual coaching group, but I hope everybody who listens to it gets something out of it. Um, let's see here. Where do I begin? What a fun week we had. The NFR was super, super exciting. I hope everybody enjoyed watching it. Um, Haley was the world champion on sister winning over five rounds. We had a fantasy football or fantasy football fantasy rodeo team going on in the group. And, um, I, I said the, uh, pick your team for the week who at whatever rider you thought would win or place in most rounds and 10 people chose to be on team Haley. I said, I would draw three names from the winning team at the end of the 10 goes and Amelia, Katrina and Annie out of Tennessee, and the other two were from Florida. Uh, you were the winner, so you get one free month in the group. That's my Christmas gift to you. I do the NFR uh, Fantasy Rodeo teams every year. This is our third annual um, for the virtual coaching group, so that's awesome. And also, I had a clinic this weekend. I, uh, I, I've had quite a few clinics this, this past month. I had three in November, and um, one thing I wanted to point out uh, was about bullying. I, I really feel sad for kids that are bullied. Um, it's heartbreaking. And I just want to say to any youth writers that listen, and the reason I brought it up is because at one of my clinics, a girl had a black eye, I asked her what happened. She was just a teen, a preteen almost, uh, middle school. And I asked her what happened. She said a girl jumped her at school. And it made me remember back to my junior high days. And that happened to me once. And and you forget how rough junior high can be. And I want to just say to those, anybody who is being bullied or has been bullied, just know that it gets better. You know, it gets better. Just stay with your positive friends. Stay with your positive family. Know that in high school, it gets better. In college, it gets better. In the adult world, it gets better. And, and I don't know why middle school is so hard and those preteen years are so hard. But just know that the bullying um, goes away. So um, the other thing I wanted to point out in my last th several clinics is basics and how important they are. So many people come to me and they compete currently, but yet there's so many holes in rider cues or horses foundation. And I just want to say that I know my 1D and 2D riders know this, that foundation is everything. They go back to basics during the week. But for those of you listening that are maybe just starting, really pay attention to your basics because I promise you, you will need them. In order to improve your horsemanship and to become your best in competition, your foundation is going to be everything to you. So, so those are just a couple of things I wanted to say that I've noticed in the last four clinics that I did over November and December. Um, had a really great time at my clinic on Saturday in Lady Lake. A great group of people worked really hard um, from the morning to the afternoon. Saw really nice improvements. Also want to welcome some new members, Debbie, Delry, uh, Nicole and Danielle and Alina. Welcome to the group. Um, in the personal best drawing, we have nine so far for December. So make sure you send me your personal best. And a personal best can be anything from a personal best fast time in an arena, uh, you know, moving up a division, your horse picking up the correct leads, having a clean pattern, uh, loading in the trailer good, um, learning to sidestep, whatever it is, it's a win. So you're not competing against anybody else, just being a personal best for you and your horse. So um, please let me know. And like I said, we've already had nine so far. And we're only at the 13th of the month. And I know everybody's really busy this time of year. 
with the holidays. Also remember December's um, challenges. The mindset challenge is believe to stay inspired, to be inspired. Um, I told everyone to pick a word or a slogan for 2023 and this month of December to stay inspired by going to clinics or lessons or reading a book or listening to a podcast, watching videos. Uh, I'm sure watching the NFR inspired everybody to want to get out there and ride their horses and improve their skill. Um, but yes, my my word for 2023 is believe. To believe anything is possible. I want you to believe in yourself, believe in your horse, and believe in your dreams. Um, I think it's really important that mindset is a huge part of being successful in life and in competition. So have that positive mindset. For skill, we're going to talk about that today. We're going to break it down. That's our topic for today. How to shave off time on the pattern by identifying where it is, where you lose the time. And I'm going to break it down. I think I have 10 that I'm going to break it down and discuss today. 10 ways that you can shave time on the pattern. So we'll be talking about that. Um, I have a few videos to get done for the group. And then I'm also going to do some NFR video slow plays for the group. Um, nothing better than watching a champion in slow motion. I probably will do their good run with a bad run. Not, not that they had any bad runs, but a good run where maybe they won the go around or placed in the go around and then a run where maybe they caught a barrel or just had a slower time and kind of break it down side by side just so that you can see how they just shake it off and come back and, and redemption the next round, but that they're not perfect either, that we all make mistakes and we all can learn from either, either winning we're learning or even when we're not winning, we're learning. So it's just uh, part of the process. So let's see here. What else did I want to mention? Um, oh, I put a lot of videos in the group last week on face flexing, perfect circles, uh, the three circle drill where you do counter bending, vertical flexion, and lateral flexion. I showed the rectangle drill. Um, so all of those things are in there if you want to pay attention to them. Um, they're helpful for your own dry work and drills during the week at home. Let's see here. Um, all right. So I will also be doing, like I said, today I'm going to work on videos for the group and then I'll be doing some of the NFR slow motions. Let me see if I had any questions this week. Everyone's been so busy with Christmas and NFR and I don't know that I, I think I can go right into the topic. So, so let's do that. All right. So the topic is where you're losing time and how to fix it. And like I mentioned, I picked, um, what did I pick? 10 things to discuss. The first one is if you're losing time in the turns. So if you're losing time in the turns, that's a really important one that you need to go back and look at your basics. Are you able to walk a perfect circle with lateral flexion? Can you uh, jog a perfect circle with lateral flexion in four-wheel drive at all size and speeds? Can you lope at all sides and speeds? Um, does your horse, you know, allow you to get a little bit of nose in and, and put the shoulder and rib out and the hip in and under and stay collected. Will they slow down and hold their form or are they rushing and stiff? Um, all of those things. Are you able to do my drills really well? Um, like single barrel or D pattern or all, um, spirals, um, figure eights. If you can do all of those really well at a lope, then your turn should be better. How are your rider cues? Are you looking between their ears? Are your hands soft? Give and take. Are they low and in the middle of the neck? Um, are you using your seat and your legs to ride through your turns? Uh, are you using your body sitting and riding from the waist down? 
Um, are you, do you know where your spots are in the turns? What size pocket is best for you and your horse? Um, do you know where your pivot spots are? All of these little things will help you improve your turns. Um, I talked about that. You can go into the group under search box and type in there um, smoother turns and a lot of stuff will come up on it, videos and, and diagrams and such on how to get smoother turns for faster times. That was actually a challenge not that long ago. The second thing is if you're losing time between the barrels. You may have a push horse that gets really steady indoors. That horse might need to go do a sprint once a week. Um, that rider might need to learn how to pull up on her horn quicker and smooch and drive that horse out a little bit more by kicking and smooching as soon as they go to leave that barrel or even on the backside uh, from spot two to three, start to smooch and put leg on them, outside leg. So that can help you. Uh, maybe you're rating down three strides before the barrel instead of just two. Uh, maybe without the momentum out of your turns, you're not keeping them hustling up into the turns. So we need to analyze if that's where you're losing. A perfect example of that, when I lived in Colorado, I had a 15-hand horse and a 16-hand horse. They, I got clocked on Tanner times. They almost always ran the same times. One year, I went to Colorado State Finals for MBHA, and they had Tanner time set up. I think it's like eight timers, I don't know, something like that, eight timers, and then like a gun that clocks your miles per hour on the run home. Well, they would run, like I said, the same time pretty much every time, but one stout little Sunny D bar, Skipper W, 15 hand horse, registered breeding stock paint. The other one's a big lanky dash for cash, um, big old 16 hand horse. And he would always outrun her between the barrels and she would outturn him. And then on running home, she ran 24 miles an hour. He ran 26 miles an hour, but she could get to the first barrel quicker than him because she had more natural rate going to the first barrel. So I could push her harder. So it always turned out they worked the same times. Um, so it was kind of interesting to see. So those are things that are really important. If you're getting all you can get from your horse, some horses are going to be quicker turners. Some horses are going to have more speed between the barrels. Sometimes you're losing time just because you're not quite pushed into that first barrel yet. So sometimes an, a, just a little tiny change, like an inch of loose rain um, or getting them a little bit more, you know, fire from the alleyway can make all the difference in the world to move up a division. So those are all things to keep in mind as well. The third one, and probably one of the most important things is your mental game. Do you know how to visualize during the week, visualize a smooth run? Do you know what a smooth, fast run is for your horse and you, where your arc is, where your spots are? what your cues are, you know, where you think you're going to probably sit and where you're going to get up and hustle out, um, where your hands should be, legs, all of those things. Do you, Not only can you visualize your run, but can you get yourself calm and focused and connected to your horse before your run? That requires breathing, petting your horse, talking to your horse, maybe having a, a, a routine of how you do some deep breathing in and big exhales and really loosen your body and pet your horse and and able to clear your mind those moments just before you run and just think of one or two important things like riding to your spots and using your legs or riding to your spots and soft hands, whatever is most important for you, sitting, saying, whoa, or hustling, pulling up on your horn, hustling out of the turns, whatever your thing is, you don't want to think too much or you'll, you'll be mechanical, but it is important to think about one or two things. And for me, I always thought about spot one and spot two 
if I knew I got my horse to the entrance in the backside, if I got him in the hole, that was going to be the best thing I could do for us. Everything else, I just tried to be in the moment as far as, um, you know, when to back off or when to hustle. But I knew where their sweet spots were. And so I always thought about getting them to those spots. And that was important. Um, some people, it's going to be your spots and your hands. You know, everybody's going to have their own thing. So mental game is really important. You don't want to overcomplicate it. You just want to be, no, you know, like when you go sign up, and you, you already, you know, went to enter, you know where the stakes are, the timers, you've looked at the arena and said, okay, this barrel's on the fence, this one's out in the open, there's the approach for the alleyway, there's the timers, long score, short score, you know, you have a game plan for that pin, you looked at the ground, is it hard, is it packed, is it, you know, deep, is it shifty, kind of get an idea of what you're dealing with for ground, and, um, and just visualize and make yourself a plan, and then, like I said, some deep breaths, clear your mind and think of one or two things as you go down the alleyway. You know, most people have a routine to pray for a safe and clean run for yourself and your horse beforehand. You know, you know, whatever your routine is, that's important. Um, the fourth thing is conditioning and soundness. Um, some of you are not riding three, four days during the week and then your horse isn't fit. So they're not going to clock their best if they're not being ridden enough and when I say ridden you could do 30 minutes you could do five or ten minutes of walking and face flexing and leg laterals and then do some long trotting out in the pasture for 10 minutes um, maybe lope three circles each way big circles maybe pick a drill and then do a nice five or ten minute cool down or you know walk or trog the barrels a couple times show your horse where you want it to be that conditioning is going to pay off for you on the weekend soundness is a big one if all of a sudden your horse stops working and they were working you really need to say to yourself what has changed it can be anything from your pre-race routine it could be a supplement it could be your diet their hay their feed um it could be you know just it could be a multiple thing but there can be things that will be missed too maybe your farm vet missed something that your sports medicine vet will catch maybe you ask one vet and you get one opinion, another vet get another opinion. Um, maybe your farrier or your equine dentist, maybe your chiropractor. It can literally be two bones touching in the neck that can cause a horse to not want to turn. You know, some arthritis developing, um, you know, a sore, a bruise in the hoof. I mean, there's multiple things, bleeding lungs, um, ulcers in the stomach. It could be hindgut. It could be many things that cause a horse to... Uh, not work you know so that's why it's so important saddle fit um, I'm going to talk about that next but but number four is really important you have to know if your horse is conditioned you've got to know that they're sound physically um, as well as mentally so if any hot spots arise on the pattern or in the alleyway look at conditioning and soundness first before you pick on them in training because you cannot paint train pain number five Know if your tack is the right tack for your horse. Does your saddle fit your horse? The right saddle pad for him. Are you using a bit that they like? People ask me all the time, what bit, what bit? I always say you got to pick a bit they like and that you feel comfortable in. And you may use that bit just for training, just for competition, or maybe for both. But either way, you need to um, know what fits them, you know, what they really like. So, and the only way you're going to know is trial and error. Um, I always try to say start on the lighter end. You know, I love my O-rings and side pulls to start with and split reins for my slow work and short reins for my one-handed or pattern work. Um, 
but I definitely think that you have to find something that fits the horse first when it comes to the saddle. If it's pinching them somewhere, or maybe they have a weird back or their spine sticks out or hollow spots by their withers, or maybe bigger muscles near their withers, you can't have a one-size-fits-all tree on a saddle or even treeless. Sometimes you have to find a pad that offers spine relief or built up shims in certain areas because their back's just not a normal back. Um, those are all things to consider that could be causing a horse issues. It is not easy to win, you guys. I know you know this. You know that the details matter. And these top 10 details I'm mentioning now are so important. For one of you, this go, you're going to say today, oh, that's definitely something I need to look into. And the other ones say, oh, nope, check. I already checked that out. Check, check. And then you might say, nope, wait a minute. I need to explore this area some more. So that's why I do this because for what one person might need, another person may have already checked that box. Um, the sixth thing is warm up. Uh, warm ups can make or break your run. If you if you know your horse needs a slow and quiet warm up, get there early and, and warm them up slow and quiet. Some horses um, can handle a quicker warm up and right before your run and just go over and make your run. Other horses need a warm up and then tie up and relax. And then, um, the, you know, more hot or sensitive horses, just a slower warm up with more woe and backing and collection work, uh, maybe more slow jog or slow lope, or maybe just walk and trot. Um, if you're a lazier horse, you might need to long trot them more or lope a gigantic rectangle or even a little sprint somewhere. Um, you know, maybe you're going to work more on fluidity and flex um, on your stiff horse. Maybe on your free runner, you need to stop and back them more and work on rate and collection more. Um, again, some do better if you just warm up and go run. Some do better to warm up, tie up, and then just relax by the arena one or two drags out or walk circles by the arena one or two drags out. Every horse is unique. So have a warm up that works for you. How do you know? When you have your best runs, you journal about it. Um, when you have your worst runs, you say, what did I do different? Um, and every horse is different. Uh, you know how they said at the NFR, when sister shakes her head, watch out because she's clocking. And that's every time she shook her head, she ran 13 threes and her arena records at 13 one. Um, the, uh, every horse is different. When Briscoe would warm up too calm, I knew she wasn't going to clock. But when she would warm up like a wild banshee, I knew that she was going to clock. But that also meant that I needed to be relaxed and focused on my job. Matter of fact, I was so scared she was going to do something silly. I was really focused on doing my job because she wound up so wild. But I, when it first happened, I was like, oh, my God, she's lost her mind. But the, when, it, when she won with me, I started to understand that she just knew she was there and what she was there for. And she was going to go for it. And um, But again, every horse is unique. Um, for what works for them. Some horses you walk one-handed into the alleyway and keep them as quiet as possible. Other horses you have to wake them up in the alleyway and get them ready to fire. So again, it's very unique situations. Um, your schedules are going to be different. If you have a hot horse during the week, you're going to do more collection and rollbacks and backing circles and uh, loose rein woe and rate work on the pattern, maybe drills for collection. Um, if you have a lazy horse, it might involve sprinting them and doing big circles and flex and fluidity work. Um, your pre-run routine is going to vary based on your horse's individual needs. Exhibition, don't exhibition. Don't go to the alleyway too soon or the holding pens too soon. 
um, walk up there last, don't get on your horse the last second, camp out by the alleyway. I mean, everybody's going to have to play around with each individual horse and find what works for them. Um, it's important. The seventh thing could be seasoning. Seasoning is a big process. You know, people get discouraged because they don't do well their first time leaving their home practice arena or their, their, or maybe they start going to new arenas they've never been to, or they graduate from jackpots to super shows or from jackpots to rodeos, um, or going from open rodeo to pro rodeo or from slack to performance. Um, it all it makes a difference stalling your horse at a super show versus hauling back and forth. All of this is a seasoning process and seasoning is just that, you know, you've got, for someone who knows what they're doing, there is a year of training. There is a year of seasoning. Um, sometimes there's two years. If it's a young horse, you have a year of basics and then a year of, of, uh, pattern and hauling for exhibitions. And then your first year of maturity or novice year or seasoning and then you've got your open year and then it's another seasoning year if you're venturing out of the jackpot world to the rodeo world or the super show world and you have to go to pace that works for that horse you you can't go off a human calendar because some horses can handle covered arenas or super show settings stalling overnight all that early on maybe because you do that a lot at home but maybe people who don't stall their horses or play music or um, you know, their horses are not going to handle all of a sudden being in a loud environment stalled up. So you really want to mimic what you're putting your horse in at home. Just like at the clinic, I had a horse, saw someone not being able to load their horse at the end of the day. And I'm tired. It's the end of the day. I'm sore. I've got a bad hip. So I'm like, oh boy, here we go. So I pulled over. Can I help? Well, yeah, you know, we're not getting them in. So I was like, all right. And I'm not trying to say I'm a horse whisperer by any means. Sometimes it works for me. Sometimes it doesn't. But I had seen what they were doing. They were lunging him, trying to get him in. They put a stud chain on. Um, you know, he was running off with them, kind of dragging him around. It was a daughter first and the father. And they had a lunge whip, all this stuff. So I walked over and I said, um, do you want help? Blah, blah, blah. Yes. So I walk over. As soon as I get him, you know, they have a stud chain over the nose. I asked them to hand me the lens whip and he immediately tries to go over me. So I lift the whip high and say, you know, no to him, you know, quit. You can't do that. You're not going to go over. And mind you, I don't want to get hurt because I'm already hurt. And um, so, you know, I, I just take him very calmly and sh ask him away from the trailer to do a go forward cue. He understands that from the lens whip tap on the hip. So I know he understands that. So I know it's something fearful of the trailer. So we get to the trailer. And I asked him to take one step at a time. When he's a good boy, I arrest him. When he tries to go over the top of me, I, I put my hands up and tell him quit. And I make myself bigger so he won't. And I do this just a couple times. Then he walks right in the trailer, literally in a minute. So everyone was astonished. But it was just the confidence, I guess, I might have asked him. And the way I asked him, I didn't lunge him and get him hyper and nervous. I just took one step at a time. I quit on a try. And then I asked and I didn't let him do what he wanted to do. In the sense that I blocked him and I put pressure on when he shouldn't. So that was just horsemanship. It was just timing and feel. And anybody who's ever loaded a horse knows what I'm talking about. So sometimes it works out great. And so what I told them is to start loading him instead of when you just got to go somewhere. Start loading him every day. Load him on a cue, but let him eat his dinner in there or something. 
make it a place where he's more comfortable, tie him in there and let him have his, you know, hay or his feet or something. Um, let him get where he's in there more. And then after that goes well, then, you know, instead of just loading him to go to a show or a barrel race or whatever, you know, take him around the block when you go to get your mail or post office or go get gas or, or just drive around the block and block and unload him, you know, but, um, that's the thing with horse training. If you're inconsistent, they're going to be inconsistent. If you're vague, they'll be vague. If you're specific, if you ride regularly, things are going to go better in your way because horses are creatures of habit, repetition, consistency. The more work you put into them, the better they will do for you. So just remember seasoning is a thing and that can also be where you're at in your, your place. The eighth thing is education with speed. This is a big one. Some of you are loping a beautiful 4D pattern right now, pretty, pretty pattern, and you're just ready to start asking for a little bit more. So I kind of start doing it backwards. Like we all start, you know, maybe easy to first, ask for a little bit more to second, a little bit more to third, and then really run home. Now maybe we're going to try to add a little bit more from second to third. And then maybe we're going to try to hustle a little bit more from first to second. And then maybe lastly, we're going to start adding for a little bit more speed from the alleyway to first. And all you can do is keep asking. But remember, when you're doing education with speed, sometimes you have to sit and ask for the rate sooner until they put it all together on their own. So if you do ask for more speed, remember to back off maybe a stride sooner or give a clear go or clear rate cue after that go cue of, you know, whoa, here, something where you're, you talk to them, easy, whatever works for your horse. Some horses, whoa means whoa, so you may want to just say hey or easy to them. So those are things to consider as well, as far as sitting down, you know, or maybe you might have to do a two hand check or one hand bump, little things like that with your hands um, as you sit and say, whoa, those are all important things for education with speed. And eventually the horse will figure it out. Where would I do that? I would add education with speed in places where I know that they're already confident. I wouldn't go to a pen I've never been and decide to step it up a notch. You know, I would try to do that in a pen that I already know we have some confidence in. When you go to a new pen and you're seasoning a horse, that's the pen you're going to want to go for smooth and pretty in your first round. And then you can try to add to it each round after. Um, so those that's how I would do it anyways. And where I've had my success with my horses and clients' horses. Um, the ninth one is working hard. Are you dedicated? Are you really spending time at it every single day? And I don't necessarily mean riding your horse every day or competing every day, but even just thinking about it, are you journaling? Are you, you know, doing things to improve yourself? Um, all of those things matter. Uh, details. Details are really important. And this one, um, I, I feel like uh, is one that I've seen, like there's a couple of people in the group and I'm not going to mention names right now, but they've been in the group maybe six months and I have seen some amazing changes. And sometimes I don't think, they're satisfied like I, I can tell sometimes they're they're you know still hard on themselves and they're still wanting to be perfect every time and but I've seen your progress and I want to say I am so proud of you and I know you know I'm talking about you and it's the little details that have made all the changes in the world it's where you're looking between your horse's ears and not down their neck it's getting your body more centered and square it's riding more from the waist down it's riding with even give and take hands it's um, how you're tuning them during the week to have your horse be more balanced and paying attention. It's the details that have made that huge change in your confidence, your teamwork, 
your writer's cues, your foundation. So I just want you to guys to keep all that in mind. Um, those are my top 10 things that I feel can um, help you identify where you're losing time and how you can fix it. So if any of those are something that you said, yes, that's something I need to work on, um, mention it to me and we can set up a game plan to do that. So I'm going to go ahead and close there and just tell everybody that um, December is a magical month. Jesus is the reason for the season. It's a time to enjoy your, your family your four-legged, two-legged friends, all of that. Um, it's a time that we we give and, and spend time together. And it's because God gave us Jesus, and that was our birthday. His birthday is our gift. Uh, you know, man's, man's second chance. So I think that's why this time of year is special to everybody, you know. And, and um, you know, for some it's harder because of losses, but for others you can always no matter what we all suffer losses there's just so much to be thankful for and and i would just suggest you try to keep your mind on the focus on the positives and uh, again jesus is a reason for the season so god bless y'all and ride with heart and thanks for tuning in